Buongiorno principessa. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, all you beautiful, handsome, gorgeous, and adorable people. Whatever you call yourself, however you style yourself, welcome. So here's the 411, as they would say in the 90s and 2000s. We've rebranded. Now, what's a rebrand? Well, a rebrand is when you, uh, you know, give yourself a little makeover. Give yourself as in you, yourself as in your business, yourself as in a project you're working on. You rebrand it. So that's what happened with us. The way this came about was, I must confess, I've had in the past difficulties growing an audience for this podcast. For a year, I had my heart set on having a podcast. And I always said that if I had it, I would title it Buongiorno Principessa to pay homage to Roberto Benigni and the line he always utters in Life is Beautiful, La Vita e Bella. And that's exactly what I did. And it was awesome. However, after having a beautiful conversation with one of my best friends and mentors a week and a half ago, I realized perhaps it's time for a name change and let's make the logo better too. Now, ironically, when I created this podcast, it would not let me use Bonjonga Principessa as the URL on Anchor. So I called it Happy Girly. Now, circling back to the conversation I had with one of my best friends and my mentor, and she said to me, she goes, oh, why don't you just call the podcast Happy Girly? And for Instagram, why don't you just call it Happy Girly Podcast? She's one of my best friends and my mentors for a reason. And this is one of them because she knows what she's doing, and I listen to her. So here we are. Bonjourno Principessa is now Happy Girly Podcast. However, Bonjourno Principessa is always going to be our legan, our slogan, our like, you know, how we started off. We always started off with Bonjourno Principessa. And if you're a prince, Bonjourno Principe. So, yeah, here we are. Now, Rebranding has been around since the beginning of time, okay? It's always been here. If it wasn't, we'd still be dressed like cavemen and cavewomen. Speaking of which, fashion is like the ultimate how-to of rebranding. What was in style 10 or 15 years ago might not be in style today. However, it can always come back and resurrect, if you will. A good example of that is how, you know, there's been a revival in those beautiful, crazy, like, late 90s, early 2000s fashions. So the um, the low-rise jeans that spread out, like, towards the bottom. Stuff like that. You know, the butterfly clips. Ooh, everyone loves butterfly clips. Or almost everyone. (laughs) Those are really good examples, though. Also, for how the balayage look in the past couple of years has 
taking off or have taken off? Balayage has or has? Malara, but well then. You know, balayage did not come about in the mid to late 2010s. Balayage, or a different form of balayage, was very popular in the 1970s. Perhaps you could say 80s too. So, it's all about taking a step in the right direction for what serves you best or what serves the project you're working on, whether that be for work, for school, or your own passion project. One really good way of saying rebranding is let's take a look at Greco-Roman mythology. Now, you've all heard of Greek mythology. You haven't really heard of Roman mythology, but you've heard Greco-Roman mythology. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Roman mythology is a rebrand of Greek mythology. All they did was change the names of the gods, the goddesses, and the heroes. For example, they saw, hmm, Zeus, chisel, chisel, Jupiter, Hera, chisel, chisel, Juno, Aries, chisel, chisel, Mars, Aphrodite, chisel, chisel, Venus, and of course, Heracles, chisel, chisel, Hercules. Now they did this with all of them. I had to say yes, of course, for Heracles being Hercules because everybody knows Heracles as Hercules. Because most people refer to him by his Roman name and not his Greek name. Even the 1997 Disney film Hercules, where it's set in Greece, they called him Hercules and not Heracles. They also did a lot of stuff that's like mythologically inaccurate. I don't mind though, because Hercules was my introduction into mythology in general. It came out when I was around three years old and it um, helped set me off on this path and I'm always gonna have a soft spot for it. But people who are into accuracy, whether that's literary accuracy, historical accuracy, mythological, religious accuracy, they're always going to point out things that deviate because it's going towards a rebrand that they may like or they may not like. Another really good example, though, tearing telling it back to Hercules even the Disney version of Hercules is a rebrand within itself. So, rebranded it for another media and for a animation studio. So, there you go. And generations of kids, especially 90s kids, the version of Hercules they grew up with is a lot different than the version of Hercules that was taught to kids in ancient Greece that knew him as Heracles. So, we've come to learn both. And all the other adaptations. Now, in Dante's Divine Comedy, because y'all know this podcast, we always go back to Dante. The whole afterlife in Dante is a rebrand. I originally did two recordings and then I deleted them because I'm like, no, 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 no. We could go deeper. So in Dante's literary universe, and I'm playing a disclaimer, this is... A pers- this is the personal universe constructed by an author. It is not a religion. It is not a definite mythology. If anything, let's think of it as a giant fan fiction that 
is rich in philosophical and theological and even mythological and historical um, endeavors and features. There's a lot you can learn from Dante. However, the Divine Comedy is not a set in stone religion. So, anyways. And it's a commentary on religion, on politics, on history, on philosophy, on art, on literature. The dude doesn't shut up. And that's why I love him. So, in Dante's literary universe, Limbo was the place that everyone went to before they died, before the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ in Dante's literary universe. Everyone went to Limbo. Everyone went to Limbo. Limbo was like Rick's Cafe in Casablanca in the afterlife. Now, what is Limbo? Limbo is the first circle of hell in Dante's literary universe. The only thing that people did quote-unquote wrong is that they were not baptized. Does anyone recall the two-part South Park episodes? Do the handicapped go to hell? Probably. When they go back and forth between the boys forming your own church and the love triangle between Satan, Saddam Hussein, and a guy named Chris, and everyone is going to hell, and they're so confused because they were good people, they lived devout lives in whatever religion they choose, and they're like, why am I here? And the orientation leader is like, well, you had it wrong. And they're like, who was right? And he's like, the Mormons. Yes, the Mormons got it right. That's what it's like in Dante's literary universe, except it would be the Christians. The Christians got it right. So everyone who was not a Christian in Dante's literary universe is in limbo. No matter how good or virtuous they are, he put them there. So, now, Dante proposes that when Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead, in between, he descended into hell, and he rescued all of the patriarchs and Old Testament figures and brought them to heaven. And all the people who were not Old Testament figures in limbo were like, what? <laughs> they felt just like the people who went to hell in that, um, the two-part the two South Park episodes felt. They're like, what? So, heaven is a rebrand of limbo in Dante's literary universe. Now, we can take it a step further and say that purgatory is a rebrand of hell in Dante's literary universe. Dante has the damned be damned forever. They cannot get out of hell. They're stuck in their circle. That's it. However, the people in purgatory can climb the mountain. They reach each terrace as they purge themselves from their sins. And then eventually they ascend off the mountain into whatever heavenly sphere they're assigned. And everyone in purgatory stops what they're doing and they cheer for them. They are so happy that they made it off the mountain. Now let's contrast that with hell. As opposed to going up a mountain, you're going down a funnel. You're not moving. 
you're stuck in whatever circle Minos wraps his tail around you however many times and assigns you to. And in hell, it's just madness. Madness. It's the best way to describe it. You know people who are stuck in their own stories and narratives and they can't see anything from anyone else's point of view? Well, that's what the folks in Dante's hell are like. So, purgatory is a rebrand of that, which is, well, you did stuff. However, you've said, hey, I'm sorry. So, here, you can do better. Rebranding. Rebranding has occurred in history, in society, in religion, in science, in politics, many, many times. Who here remembers being taught that Pluto was a planet and then they were told it wasn't a planet anymore and then they were told, wait, it's a dwarf planet. Technically, that's kind of a form of rebranding. Or how all of a sudden there was another sign of the zodiac that like no one knew existed and it came out and everyone's zodiac sign got pushed back to something they you know they're like oh i thought i was you know for example it's like well i thought i was a leo i guess i'm a cancer what gives rebranding and the whole reformation counter-reformation the ultimate of rebrands the ultimate. You know, when schisms happen in, um, in religions and in countries, that's when the rebrand happens too. Take Germany splitting into East and West Germany and, you know, the Berlin Wall dividing East Berlin and West Berlin. That was a rebrand. And then when it all came tumbling down, that was a rebrand too. So rebrand is change, and everything is always changing and moving and evolving. Speaking of which, going into the Eastern Front with rebrands and religion and spirituality. During the 1960s, there was a great awakening of spiritual consciousness with focus on Eastern thought. And one of the things that drove this was how the Beagles went to India that was a rebrand that introduced a lot of the Western world to yoga, to a different type of meditation, the meditation that we think of nowadays in modern society. It introduced the Western world to Tai Chi, to Qui Gon. And it splintered off a fraction of Hinduism into its own religion called um, Center for Krishna, like the something with Krishna consciousness, basically the Hare Krishna people. That is another form of a rebrand. And even the different groups of Christianity splintering off can be considered forms of rebrands too. A lot of people think it's just Catholic and Protestant, and it's not. There's Roman Catholic, there's Eastern Catholic, there's Greek Catholic, 
there's Orthodox, there's within Orthodox, there's different types of Orthodox, there's Greek Orthodox, there's Russian Orthodox, there's Syrian Orthodox, there's Armenian Orthodox, there's Coptic. With in Protestantism, there's Lutheran, there's Anglican, there's Calvinist, there's Presbyterian, there's Baptist, there's Quakers, there's Christian Science. There are so many different types, so many different umbrellas. And you could say, well, they just, they, you know, they rebranded. They, they took a piece and they rebranded. That's all. That's all. So another example of that is easy to relate to is how many of y'all went to college or trade school. And the logo for the school that you got your diploma or certification from looked a certain way. Let's say there was a duck on it. And then one day, years later, you get something in the mail from them, whether they want to see how you're doing or they ask you for money or both. And it's not a duck anymore. It's an outline of a duck. Or it's like fancy lettering. Well, they just rebranded. They changed their actual brand, their logo. I mentioned the Beatles before during their trip to India. It's worth noting that that trip to India was a huge rebrand for the Beatles. They went from going, she loves you, yeah, 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 to strawberry fields forever. And you can say it was the spiritual enlightenment by going to India. You can say it was the LSD. You can say por que no los dos, which means why not both? The fact of the matter is, the Beatles changed their image. They rebranded themselves by, you know, being like, well, like head boppers to like, all right, we're going to get really, really deep and really, really spiritual. Another amazing 60s rock band that takes rebranding a step even further, or as they would like to say at their shows, take a step back. The Grateful Dead. The Grateful Dead started off as a California, like, you know, groovy, hippie band. And then they got very, 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 very deep, trippy, spiritual. However, they also had a lot of blues and country and Americana. Their style is so diverse that not only is their music different when you hear a different song on even the same album, let alone a different album. They changed the way that they perform live versus on a recording. The Grateful Dead is one of the few bands that have ever existed, I believe, where you can hear the same song performed at least 15 to 20 or 25, perhaps thousand times different. You will know the same song, I'll give you a more realistic number, performed at least five to six different ways. If you hear the original recording, if you hear a live version from 1976, if you hear a live version from 1983, if you hear a live version from 1994 and 1995. And as you hear live versions now, played by the bands that continue the Grateful Dead's works, 
that include the original members of the dead and some better cover bands are having original member or two. If you ever get a chance, go see Dead and Company and or Phil Lashing Friends. I promise you, you won't regret it. So, to bring it back to another band, Led Zeppelin, there's a song called Trample on Your Foot and the line that's uttered over and over again is talking about love. Talking about love. Well, we're talking about rebranding and just rebranded the podcast where our original name is now our tagline and the URL that we had to use because we could not use what we originally wanted for the URL is now our name. And we got a cute new logo too. How about that? How you like them apples? So what about you? Have you ever rebranded? Dear listeners, and keep in mind a rebrand doesn't have to be something totally professional or branching out from a country or a religion or a mythology. A rebrand can be as simple as, you know, styling your hair differently, dyeing it a different color, deciding, you know, whether or not you want to change your wardrobe or get bangs or, you know, trade in your car whether you want to switch it up from what you always get to drink, a a coffee, a coffee, a coffee or a hot chocolate, or we can just combine them and call them a coffee. Or if you want to deviate and try something different, try something new. So what's the purpose to rebranding? If you can hear me above the wind, the purpose of rebranding is to say yes to new adventures. And I sincerely put out there and pray that you will say yes to new adventures that are calling you. If you feel compelled to rebrand, go with it and rebrand. Whether it's a business or something in your personal life or a personal passion project, don't be afraid. Trample on your foot, rebrand it. And whatever you do, I sincerely hope and pray that you are guided and moved by love, by the love that moves the sun and all the other stars. As our dear friend, Detective Columbo would say, just one more thing. I always tie in something with Studio Ghibli. Think of the story of Ponyo. Ponyo is a rebrand or another version of telling The Little Mermaid geared towards a kid's audience. You're welcome. Now go out there and be moved and guided by something. By love that moves the sun and all the other stars or something like that Dante said. Bye!